Uh, in the book of Colossians chapter 3 and 1, let's read that together. I'm going to ask uh, Brother McMath, I'm going to ask you again to read for me. It says, if ye then be risen with what? Christ, seek those things which are what? Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. If you're risen with Christ, you're going to start seeking things that are above. Your desires are going to change. You're going to look for other things. You're not going to look for things of the flesh. And I think we have established from this week, uh, going higher is not simply some physical position. And the only way we can explain and understand certain things is, with, is that we put them in our mind from the natural realm. Anything spiritual that we try to understand, we've got to understand it from a natural perspective. And so sometimes it's very hard for us to understand the spiritual things and what the Lord is really saying to us because we've got to look at it from a natural perspective. Set your affections. Everybody say affections. Set your affections. Set your passion on things above and not on things of the earth. I'm going to tell you something. There is a realm that you get in God that you can't have both. You can't be both natural and spiritual. There's a realm that requires you to give up one. It, it requires you to give one totally up. No man can serve two masters. He will either love one or hate the other. You know, coming up uh, uh, when I was younger, uh, I had a lot of I guess what you say, uh, girlfriends or friends, uh, and there were those times, now when I say girlfriends or friends, I, now I think we consider all friends that are girls, girls' friends. Uh, but I had a lot of them. And uh, what happened is, whenever I got serious with a young lady, I would have to put all those other friends aside and dedicate myself to one. I'm not telling you that's what you need to be doing, but I'm telling you that's what I did, so I'm using it for an example. When it comes down to God, you are going to have to, as you develop a stronger relationship with him, there are certain things that you're going to have to put aside in order to establish a better relationship with him. There are things that you have relationship with, you have connection with, you have, you have uh, interaction with, and in order for you to get closer to God, you have to push those aside in order to get closer to him. Do I have everybody's attention? Uh, go with me quickly to the book of Romans chapter 12 and 1. Going higher in God, prevailing in God, going deeper in God. It deals with the mind. It doesn't deal with the flesh. And we are, we are confused because we think that we're going higher because we're jumping. We think that we're higher because we're shouting. We think that we're higher again because of the movement that's going on in our bodies. That's not higher. Higher is a transformation of the mind. And I want to talk to you about the, from the, the message, the realm of transformation. The place where you're transformed. The place where you're turned. The place where you're altered. Romans chapter 12 and 1 says... I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a what? 
living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The first thing God says is, I want your body as a sacrifice. For we can go any further in God. For God can do anything else in your life. Before there can be any transformation in your life, the first step into you going higher in God is a presentation of your body, your physical man, to the Lord for sacrifice, for killing, for slaying. Are y'all with me? Amen. Somebody ought to say praise the Lord. Again, I think we are fooled into thinking that 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 we're we're gonna get it overnight. It's gonna happen, uh, in, you know, in a quick moment, and it's gonna happen in five or ten minutes. It's gonna happen through a, a night's revival. It's gonna happen because somebody's gonna lay hands on you. And if God makes you spiritual and empowers you simply by the laying on my hands, and it you immediately walk in that anointing immediately without prayer. In fasting, it teaches you no respect for God and sacrifice. There are some things, and what's happening, the church has been to a method, uh, has been to a point where we are used to obtaining these things without prayer. We're getting quick fixes, so when it comes down to things that really cause sacrifice, we're not, we're not in tune to praying seven days straight, fasting, and, and to get a move of God. And so what happens, the move of God that we get is based upon the little bit of prayer that we do and a real move of God we never experience. Some of us have never really experienced, I mean, a real move of God because a real move of God, again, does not shake you, does not move you. What it does, it changes you and alters you. So present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the what? Come on, you're all with me. You're not too cold to read, are you? Be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. So the transformation, what's going to cause you to be transformed and what's going to cause you to be turned into something different than what you are is your mind. Your mind is what's going to transform you into the person that you want to be. It's going to transform you into that new person. Can you say hallelujah? How many of you want to be transformed? It's going to start in the realm of the mind. It starts. So if you want to become spiritual, you have to think spiritual. Your mind has to change. Your mind has to change. The mindset had to become different. If you want to go higher in God, the mind, the desires have to change. So what God has to do in order to really make you the person that God wants you to be, he has to not just change your flesh, he has to change your mind. And, and, and the place of change is not the flesh. The place of change and the first place that God is going to affect you is in your mind. You may not see any physical difference in your body. And sometimes what's going on in your flesh is contrary to what's going on in your mind. So sometimes you really don't think change has happened because your flesh is still acting out the same things as they used to. But if the mind has changed, even if the flesh has not caught on to what the mind has changed, eventually the flesh will catch up with the mind. Can you say hallelujah? Sometimes people are discouraged even when they come to the Lord and get the Holy Ghost. They get the Holy Ghost speaking tongue. And when they get the Holy Ghost and speaking tongue, get filled with the Holy Ghost, they still have a problem in the fleshly realm. And so sometimes they think they're not saved because they have a problem. What they don't understand is that your mind changes and your body follows your mind. 
was talking to a young man today. He told me, he said, you know, I, 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 I just don't feel God sometimes. You know, I don't cry like other folk. I don't fall like other folk. I don't, I don't experience it. And he said, but he, but he was telling me, he said, I want the Holy Ghost. But guess what? This is the thing. If your mind has started seeking God, a change has already happened. Just the fact that you're in church tonight, and if you wasn't here three or four weeks ago and didn't have a mind to be here, the point that you made it in tonight is, is, is proof that God has started working on you because he started working on your mind. Even if you're still in sin and you're saying to yourself, I don't want to be in the state that I'm in anymore, just the fact that your mind has changed is telling you that there is a transformation happening in you. And if you have started to thinking high, if you have started to thinking different, like today, you thought about prayer and thought about reading the Bible and thought about reading the Word. So throughout your day, your mindset was not the same mindset that you had. So I saw many of the saints today who made their business to come out here in prayer and came out and prayed and cried out before God. Some of you throughout the day, you found yourself praying. You find yourself crying out to God. You find yourself not getting involved in the activities that you would normally get involved in and find yourself trying to get to a spiritual move. Even if you have not had a full spiritual day, just the fact that some state your mind has been conscious to spiritual things is a proof that God now is working with you. Can you say hallelujah? You ought to put your hand together and give God a praise. Be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now let me tell you what happens. A lot of us as saints of God never get transformed. We change but we never get transformed. Right? There's a difference between changing something and transforming. Because if I change it, I can convert it back to what it was. But when I transfer something, it totally becomes something different and can never return back to what it was. Because it just wasn't, you say, I can take, I can take ice and change water from water to ice by freezing it. But if I take the same ice out of the refrigerator and sit it back down, it can go back now to its regular form. That's ice being, that's water being changed from water to ice. But if I transform it, I take it and put it on the stove, and I heat the water up on the stove, and the water becomes steam. That's transformation because the water can, the steam can no longer return to water again. Because once I transform it, it can never go back to what it was. I change it from water to ice and set it out long enough, it returns it back to water. And so a lot of you, you change. Come on, y'all with me? So you change and you stop doing things that you used to do. You stop talking like you used to. You stop acting like you used to. But if I set you out of the refrigerator a while, you're going to melt and return back to that same individual that's who you were and that's why you find people who they are going through these stages where they change and they're good and they go back to that bad state. They change and they're good and they go back to that bad state because they've never been transformed just change. But when you change it, it's like the water that turns to steam. It becomes another form and it can never return back to what it was. I don't just want to be changed tonight. I want to be transformed. I don't want to just come on y'all with me. I don't want God to change Change me, transform me, make me something totally different that can never I can never go back to it. 
let, let me tell you something. Listen to this. You take a cake, you take all the ingredients, and you mix them together. You transform. All right? You bake the cake. Once you bake the cake, it turns from a substance, a material substance, it turns from a powdered substance to a liquefied substance which is called batter. You can never take the batter and take it back and return it to its flower stage. Then you put it in the oven, it becomes a cake. You can never take it from a cake and put it back into a batter stage. So as we grow in God and go higher in God, what happens is God takes you and transforms you into different realms. And once you go from that realm to the next realm and you're transformed, you become something that you can never go back to that that you were. And then you go to the next realm, you become something there and you can never go back to where you were. It's all called maturity. Come on, y'all with me? It's, it's really maturity and many of us have never matured in God. Because when you mature, there are certain stages that you don't go. Many of us are acting mature, but we're not mature. Let me give you an example. A child can act grown that's not grown. But when you put him in the right atmosphere, he becomes a child again and do childish things. Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. So if you're still having childish problems in the church, not speaking to people, not dealing with people, and little things that you should have accomplished, like keeping your mouth closed when you're having problems in the home, or y'all with me, or like obeying the word of God on simple things, if you're still having those problems, you haven't matured. Now, I can never go back. I can lose weight. I'm working on it. But I can never go back to being Tyree's size. I can never go back to being his height. I can't do that. Because there's a transformation happening in me every day. Every day, I'm transforming. There's a slow process. Now, Tyree, and this is what you got to understand, this is about transformation and spiritual growth. Tyree wasn't that size two years ago. But there's a transformation that's happening in him that's developing him in maturity. And as he matures, God has set it so that he can't grow downward, he grows upward. And when he gets 12, he'll never be able to be the same size as he was at five. Because he's grown out of that. Lord have mercy. I want the Lord to mature me. I don't want to just grow. I want to mature, which means, Lord, I want to go now to that next realm. Somebody say hallelujah. And I don't want to go back to things that I've come out of. I don't want to go back to areas and attitudes and dispositions and personalities and characters. Are y'all with me, saints of God? And if you find yourself going back to things that you should have conquered and going back and doing things that you should have mastered and saying things and acting out things that that you should have mastered. Something is wrong. You have not matured. There has not been a transformation. Can you say hallelujah? You ought to lift your hands and tell God thank you. Give me 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 15. And this comes by a relationship. Hallelujah. 5 and 15. 
Let's get 16. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet know henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? Old things are what? And all things are become what? Now, I, I, I've, been, I've been reading this scripture a long time. This Christ is not talking about the baptism into Christ. He's talking to believers. So he's not telling them about getting in Christ. What he's saying, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The word in Christ means into him. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. How many of y'all ever been into somebody? Come on, raise your hand. Don't y'all play with me. When you get into somebody, it totally changes your life. You got friends that you've been hanging around. Y'all been talking all your life. You get into somebody, you ain't even got time for them no more. Y'all been talking every day. And you say, where, where you at? Well, I, I was with him. I was on the phone. You start changing your whole structure and changing your whole lifestyle and things that you had relationships with, people that you had relationships with that you used to talk to every day. They say, I ain't heard from you in a week. Where you been? Well, you were in the him. Uh, you were in the her. So when the Lord said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things have passed away, and all things have become new. When you get into Christ, there are things that change about the way you do things. The old things that you have, listen, 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 you can't be into God and into TV. You can't be in, I'm talking about really into him. I'm not talking about in the church. When I say into God, I mean really into him. When you're, when you're really into somebody, you know what you do. When you get off the phone, you sit down waiting for the next phone call. When you're into somebody, you want to know their every move. When you're into somebody, you want to hear from them. When you're into, so when you're into Christ, you'll drop everything that you're doing when it comes down to him. And so many of us have not got into Christ intimately enough to change our habits, to change our ways, to change our lifestyle. You haven't really got into God until it changes something about your lifestyle. If you can keep your same schedule and be into God, something is wrong. I tell you what, something is happening to you today. All of you that have been setting a tone of prayer and a tone of consecration, you know what's been happening? You find yourself changing things. If you've really been into this mode, you find yourself cutting off the TV. You find yourself at night when you go home praying a little more because you're trying to get into him. Old things are passed away and all things are become new. Give me 1 Samuel chapter 10 and 1. There's a level of prayer. There's a level of prayer. 1 Samuel 10 and 1. There's a level of prayer that you get in that alters you. There's a place in the spirit realm that changes you, turns you. Get, get, get 10, verse 5 and 6. Uh huh, everybody got it? I'll read it. After that, thou shalt come to the hill of God. You shall come to the hill of God? Where this gar garrison of the Philistines. Yes. And it shall come to pass. 
when thou art come thither to into the city, yes. that thou shalt meet a company of prophets, yes. coming down from the high place uh -huh. with a psaltery yes. and a tabret and a pipe and a harp yes. before them, uh -huh. and they shall prophesy. Yes. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. The, the Spirit of the Lord gonna come upon you. And thou shalt prophesy with them. And you gonna prophesy with them. And shall be turned into another man. And you're gonna be turned into another man. I'm gonna turn you to another man. There is a realm that you get in with God that it turns you to somebody else. It changes you. It makes you a different person. Most of us have never gotten into that realm. Most of us have never gotten in that place in God where we pray and become totally different, become totally changed. Because we, we, we turn from a clock Kent to a Superman. We turn from a David Banner to a hawk. Keys and hallelujah. And God is trying to call us to that place of prayer that alters the person. Because if you'll, you, if you'll, if you'll admit to us, uh, uh, there are some areas about you that you don't like. There's, a, there's some things about the person that you are that you don't like. But the problem is I can't change them in this realm. I cannot change. Now, now listen. You're made up of personalities, characteristics. You're made up of those things. You're made up of attitudes. They're both good attitudes and bad attitudes. And when you look at yourself and watch yourself, you'll, you, if you'll be honest, there are some imperfections in who you are. There are some flaws in who you are. There are some flaws about your personality. There are some flaws about your actions. And if you really look at yourself, there are some things about you that you don't like. But you cannot change them. You got to be in a place of change. You got to get in a climate of change. Somebody say hallelujah. And, 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 and you pray yourself into that realm. As you pray to that realm, it doesn't necessarily change your physical man, but it changes your physical makeup. It changes the way you do things. For instance, if you got a bad attitude, you get in prayer, it changes your attitude. Amen. You talk to people and don't know how to respond to them, you get in prayer, it changes that. That's the realm of prayer that we need to get in Lord I want to get in that realm where the change starts happening in me where it can reflect on the outside I don't want to just know God is doing something in me I want to be able to reflect on the outside there's a change happening in the inside you want to say hallelujah and give God a praise we pacify our ways pacify our actions and many people are stuck in a place in the church and they don't want to be what they are they don't want to act the way they are and they know something is wrong and they went in the prayer line for prayer to change it they've asked the preacher to pray to change it but i'm telling you you got to get in the place of change you got to get in the realm of change. Can you say hallelujah? It's no more time for you looking for me to put some oil on your head and a few saints to pray for you to change. You're going to have to pray and get in that place. You're going to have to fast and get in that place. Can you say hallelujah? Because what you're dealing with is you and it cannot activate in certain realms. It can't snow in Florida because the climate does not permit it to snow right now. Can you say hallelujah? Even though it feels like it, it just ain't cold enough to snow yet. Can you say praise the Lord? And you can't go and skinny dip in New York in the middle of, of, of January. I don't think you're going to come down here in the middle of July with a coat on like you wear in the night because the atmosphere don't permit that. And so what God is saying, there are some 
things about you that will never come out if you put them in a place where they can't show out. There are some things about you that will never be displayed if you put them in a place where they can't be displayed. Take an orange to New York. I don't care how healthy the seed is. It can't grow. Because the atmosphere won't permit it. And I like the way God does things. And, and the reason God fixed it like that because the fruit would be no good. If oranges grew in New York, they would freeze. And when they would freeze, when the oranges freeze, the juice would sour because anytime you get orange juice and freeze it, <laughs> hallelujah, when it freezes, and it goes back to a warm temperature, it's sour. That's why whenever we have oranges and it's been the freeze here, we gotta get all the oranges down and try to keep them hot before the freeze come because if a freeze come and it goes back to the regular temperature, it's like taking orange juice and putting it in your refrigerator and freezing it and taking it back out. It goes bad. So the Lord fixed it up where the oranges grow in the climate that stays a certain temperature that won't freeze it enough to make it go bad. And then the orange Hull on the orange is difficult. So it's, 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 it, 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 when it falls, it has to fall on hard ground. God fixes it up with a good enough peel so when it hits hard ground, that it does not burst the, the, the fruit because it has a hard shell. Now, if we had apples down here in Florida, we shake the trees, the apples would fall on the ground and burst because the ground is not, everything about this atmosphere does not give conducive weather for the apple. Everything about the north atmosphere does not give conducive weapon, uh, 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 weather for the orange. So what God is saying, everything about the spirit realm does not give you the right climate for your flesh to manifest. So if you want it to show out, take it in the spirit. You want it to stop cutting up, take it in the spirit. You want it to shut up, take it in prayer. You want it to act different, take it in the spirit. That's why the Bible says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What he said, if you put it in the spirit, it cannot fulfill what it's supposed to do because it's in a place where it can't do it. That's what becoming spiritual is about. You start showing out, I know you ain't in the spiritual realm. Because the spirit humbles you. Can you say hallelujah? Get me Matthew chapter 17 and 1. Matthew 17 and 1. Hallelujah. I just need a church to get with me. Hallelujah. So the Lord can do something for you. Uh-huh. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his uh -huh. brother, yes. and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, uh -huh. and, and was transfigured before them. And he was transfigured before them. And was, his, his face was turned before them. He turned into something else before them. Can you say hallelujah? Now, I'm going to tell you what we're experiencing. We're experiencing backwards transformation. And what I mean by backwards transformation, instead of seeing people who are in the flesh go into the spirit and become something different in the spirit, we're seeing people who are supposed to be in the spirit manifesting mess in the flesh. So they're going backwards. I want you to see what happened when this, when this, when this transformation took place on Jesus. Get Luke chapter 9 and 28. Luke 9 and 28. 
And it came to pass about in six days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance also was altered, and his raiment was white and glistering. So as he prayed, his countenance was what? Altered. Let, let's, let's deal with countenance. The expression of God and the dealing with God in your prayer life, what is your countenance? Your facial expressions. Prayer affects your countenance. It's too many mean-looking saints. Too many saints who have expressions that don't express that they've been with God. Prayer changed the countenance. Can you say hallelujah? There, there is a realm, again Leviticus 3 and 1, there's a realm that God wants you to go in and most of us have, have, we have been in prayer and we get to that place in God and when we get to that place it feels like we run, like we run up against a wall. We get to the door and stop. So, because there are certain areas and certain doors that God want to take you in that you can't go in that door without a death. You can't enter. There is a rim that God wants you to get in, but you can't get in that rim. You can't bring this in with you. You ever been to the airport? We get ready to go to the airport. And you want to get in, and they gotta now search you down, and they're looking for items that they won't allow to go in there, go on the plane. Now think about it. They're gonna search you before you get on the plane, and if they find things on you that shouldn't be on you, you got a choice. Either you take those things off and get on the plane, or you keep them on and you can't fly. So God, when it comes down to the spiritual realm, he's searching you. Either you're going to get rid of some stuff and get on and go higher, or you're going to keep it and stay where you are. You don't get rid of it, you ain't going higher. You don't take it off, you ain't going no higher. As long as you keep that thing on you, you're not going any higher. So there's a door. Look at the book of Leviticus. What did I say? Three and one. Three and one. I'll read. And if his oblation be a sacrifice of peace offering, yes. if he offer it to, of the herd, uh -huh. whether it be male or female, uh -huh. he shall offer it without blemish before the Lord. Uh -huh. And he shall lay his hand upon the head of his offering uh -huh. and kill it at the door of the tabernacle. He's going to kill it at the what? Door. I, I, I saw in the spirit, I saw in the spirit a, a congregation. They were going to the door, trying to get in, trying to get in, but the door wouldn't open. It wouldn't, they, they couldn't get in. And the Lord was saying to me, they got to kill it. You got to kill some stuff at the door before you can go in. Here you are at the point that God want to use you. At the point that God want to do something in your life. At the point that God want to bless you, and the only thing that's keeping you out is the flesh. The only thing that's keeping you out is your natural desires. Let me tell you something. Everything that's not a sin still ain't good for saints of God. Because there are some things in our lives, they are not sins. But they are hindrances to doing what God wants us to do. So, so listen, your choice, whether you're going to be used of God or go higher in God, depends upon, can you say hallelujah, it depends upon you making an extra sacrifice. Everything, listen, there's no sin to watch television. There's no sin to go to the movies and watch it because you got the same thing in your house. 
But it's a hindrance to you doing what God wants you to do. Now, if you're, if you're concerned about just being a regular choir member, a regular church member, and just coming down and sitting down and being saved, fine. Watch the television. Watch as much as you want. Amen. But if you want to be one of those saints of God who has an experience with God, that has a relationship with God, that's going higher in God, that can lay hands on the sick and they recover, and that know your God, you're going to have to give up something. You can't have the fleshly thing and the power of God at the same time. Something has to give. Sometimes I talk to people as I'm, they say, that ain't no sin. That ain't wrong. But it's not edifying you spiritually. It's not helping you. And God says, there, there are two things I want you to understand. There are two things a person who wants to have to let up if they want to go higher. One, you're going to have to let go of sin. Everybody is required to let go of sin. The next one, you're going to have to let go of weights. That easily besets you. Those are things that easily, the word beset there means that distract you. I don't want anything distracting me and God. Somebody say hallelujah. I don't want anything standing between me and God. Listen, listen, you can get down to pray and while you're getting down to pray and, and you're getting ready to pray and immediately the television come in your mind, you cut it on. You can get down to pray and immediately the telephone get on your mind and you cut it on. You can get down to pray and you got to get up and clean your house. That get on your mind. This get on your mind. So uh, listen, I want to lay aside every sin in the way that's besetting me because I have a goal that's far beyond just being saved. I have a goal that's far beyond just making the rapture. I have a goal to be used of God. I have a no goal to know God like I've never known him before. Can you say hallelujah? I, and you've got to get this message in your spirit. You've got to get this message in your mind. And I know it seems as if I'm repetitive in what I'm saying. But what I'm trying to do is tell you, we got to kill this thing. Amen. And if you're going to survive, you're going to have to, most of us are walking just close enough to the world not to backslide. If you want to be saved, you're going to have to walk close enough to God that when the devil Cup, he has a long way to drag you out. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say, Praise the Lord. Somebody say, Praise the Lord. You ought to put your hand together and give God a praise. Hallelujah. Give God a praise. Come on, give him a praise just like you love him. Hallelujah. Reach over and grab somebody and tell them, I'm not just concerned about being saved. I'm concerned about being closer. Come on, tell them, I want to be closer. Open your mouth and tell them, I want to be closer. I want to know God in a way that I've never known him before. And this year is a year of new beginning. This year I've made up in my mind, God, I'm not going to be that weak child of God that I used to be. I'm not going to be that prayerless child of God that I used to be. I'm not going to be that child of God that every time something hits me I feel like going back. I'm going to be one of those that's going to stay strong in the midst of trials. Going to stay strong in the midst of persecution. Somebody ought to put your hand together and shout hallelujah. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 9. Hallelujah. Hebrews, get Revelations chapter 4. Revelations chapter 4. Hallelujah. I want to go higher. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because there's a realm that God want to show you some stuff. There's a door that God want to bring you in and reveal some things to you. 
going to reveal some things about tomorrow. Reveal some things about the future. I don't know about you, but there's something about knowing God. Something about having a relationship with God. Something about having God reveal things to you that come from the spirit and you know they're not from the flesh. That just excites me. That's my excitement. I was down in Avon Park a few nights ago and while I was there, there was a lady sitting there and I was praying for everyone in the congregation and the Lord told me to specifically call this woman out and I called her out and I whispered to her, I said, the Lord told me, he said, that you're going to be ministering to someone who has cancer. Uh, and I said, the Lord said, they're getting ready, they're going through a series of tests. And I went back and I said, the Lord said, it's, it's your mother, it's your mother. And, and, and of course, I knew when God was speaking that it was true because God spoke it and I would never speak it if God didn't say it. She came to me after church. She went to the musician that was playing there with Ella Carl and she came to me after church. She says, she says, I, I, she, when the musician was talking, she said, you want me to tell him or you want to tell him? She says, you tell him. She says, well, I'm going tomorrow to take my mother to get tests for cancer and I've been having to take care of her and minister to her. Those are things that are beyond the natural and they prove the realness of God. And God wants to put you in a level with him. God wants to put you in a level in him that he reveals to you the secret thing. Listen, the time is coming that we have church folk who are wondering about the reality of God. You have folk who are sitting in church, who have been in church 10 years, 20 years, and at some point they wonder about the reality and the existence of God. You'd be surprised how many folk, every now and then there is a thought that flips in their mind and comes in their mind about God's reality. You've got to be in contact with a supernatural relationship in order for you to know the reality of God. Otherwise, especially as you get educated, as you get educated young people and you go to school, you are exposed to other people's religion. You are in the church of God, the Bible way all of your life. When you go to college, they're talking about Buddha, they're talking about Confucius, they're talking about all of the world religions and Christianity and the apostolic doctrine becomes just another religion on the shelf when you go to college. That's why so many young people go to college say and feel with the Holy Ghost and leave out so confused and don't know who God is. So this is why we're teaching you to pray. You have to have a relationship with God in the supernatural and God does something personal with you so that when you go to college, amen, Confucius is not just some other religion with the religion of Jesus Christ, but when you go there, you've had a prayer personal experience with God and you say listen the Bible is not just another book I know God is real because I've had an experience for myself God has never never wanted to use the Bible as a validation to his reality The Bible has never been what God wants to be used to prove that he's real. Because some people don't believe this. I can't go down to an atheist 
and say, read this, this will prove that God is real. And when you hear what all these other people got, you see all the books they got, this becomes just another book on the shelf. That's why anytime God wanted to deal with somebody and wanted them to show the reality of God, he did something miraculous. He appeared to Moses in a burning bush. He appeared to Elijah with a whirlwind. Praise the Lord. You need your experience with God to prove to you that he's real. You need a divine experience. You need a divine connection. Can you say hallelujah? Can you say hallelujah? Can you say hallelujah? My God, sometimes with the trials that you're going through and the burdens that you're going through, they'll make you almost feel like God does not exist. Here you are praying and paying tithes and fasting and praying and still going through condition, still losing stuff, still broke, problems still going in your life. If you're not careful, you get to a point where you question your salvation. But if you have had a real genuine experience with God, if you have really had a connection with God, hallelujah, can't nothing alter your faith, can't nothing shake your faith, and God is saying it's time for us to go out of the realm of the flesh and not just have a relationship that's based upon what's been read or what's been said, we've got to go out of the pages and have a relationship with the God that the word reads about somebody ought to put your hand together and give God a praise and shout hallelujah Say it again, hallelujah. Shout it again, hallelujah. Shout it again, hallelujah. Hallelujah, raise both of your hands and say, Lord, I long for an experience with you. Amen. And I want you to ask him something. Say, Lord, before this revival is over, give me a supernatural experience. I want to have a supernatural encounter. I want to have an encounter with you. Praise the Lord. I don't care where it's at, Lord. Even if it's in prayer in my home, I want you to show up in a supernatural way. I want to feel you in a supernatural way. I want to know you in a supernatural way. Shout hallelujah. Before I can get to that realm of the supernatural, something has to happen. First John 3 and 14. The realm of transformation causes you to go from death to life. There's a passage. 1 John 3 and 14. Hallelujah. 1 John 3 and 14. Hold on, Messiah. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the what? Well, let, let's just deal with a pass from death to life. You want a spiritual life, you got to go through a spiritual death. The life comes through the death. I've got to die in order to reach the place of life. When, you, when you're getting new life, Brother told me about a dream that his wife had, and this was the Lord speaking to me. She dreamed that uh, I, I, it was that Sister Coward had died in the dream. And then she came back and dreamed again that Sister Coward was pregnant with a baby. So how can you die and then be pregnant? 
But what the Lord was showing her in this dream, that there was going to be a death. And from the death comes the life. Hallelujah. Just had it and came and talked to me in the, in the back. And I said, I know what this means. This, this is what God is telling me today. And I said, what, what has to happen? In order for you to get a new stock of corn, you got to take the corn and let it die and bury it. Except a corn of wheat fall in the ground and die, it abideth alone. So God said, the new life that I want to bring out of you is in the death. Can you say, praise the Lord? And, and there are some things that God has promised you that he has promised you while you're in this state. We get excited over prophecy. Prophecy is not the fulfillment of prophecy. Amen. But what happens is sometimes God prophesies things to you in a position that you're not in the state to receive them. So the prophecy is valid, but you're not where you need to be to get it. Amen. Abraham was prophesied to at 75 years old that he was going to have a son. But Abraham didn't get the son until he was in his 90s because he was not in the place that God wanted him to be. So it was from chapter 12 all the way to chapter 17 until the thing was fulfilled. But in order for God to fulfill it, something had to happen. He had to go and make a new man. He said to Abraham, your name will not be called Abram anymore, but your name is going to be called Abraham. So what happened? The dying of Abram brought in Abraham and with the new Abraham God could fulfill the seed. And what God has said, I'm going to have to. It is mandatory. It is required that you die from the person who you are before I can establish a real covenant with you. So this is about you getting what God has promised you. There are some things that God has promised you have not come to pass. It is not that the prophet is false. It is not that the words are not false. God has said, I want to put you in that position that you can obtain the things that I've promised to you. And let me tell you something. I've had prophecies that have been prophesied to me in the church. Things that people have said to me in the church. And even out of all of these years, those things have not been fulfilled. But this year is the year of fulfillment. This is the year that I'm going to get it together so I can get what God has for me. And that's what you ought to say. I'm tired of just hearing the prophecy. I want to see the fulfillment of what God has promised to me. Can you say praise the Lord? You ought to shout hallelujah and give God a praise and tell him thank you. Just look at somebody and say, I'm going to get it. Hallelujah. Tell him I'm going to get it. Tell him I'm dying to see Jesus. Come on, that's what you really ought to say. Tell him I'm dying to see Jesus. Tell him again, I'm dying to see Jesus. I'm just dying to see him. I got to see him. I got to experience him. I got to experience his power. I got to experience his glory. I got to experience his anointing. Can you say praise the Lord? I'm not going to settle just for things that God give me. I'm not going to settle just for the material things. Lord, I don't want your blessings. I want the blesser. I don't want the material. Because, praise the Lord, you can obtain material things from a material realm. Amen. There is nothing that you get from God in the natural that the world can't get. The world can get a brand new car. So because you got a car doesn't mean that you got something special. Because you got a house doesn't mean that you got something special. Because folk in the world can't advance us. They can be drug dealers and liars and thieves and get more abundantly in the world. But there's something that they can't get and that
That's the joy of the Lord. I'm tired of church folk always praying for stuff, always wanting stuff, always wanting more money, always wanting more material, and we'll hold a prayer line out the door for more stuff. Prophets are prophesying for more stuff. Overtime can bring you more stuff. A better job can bring you more stuff. But I want more glory. I want more anointing. I want more power. Shout hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody give God the praise and tell God thank you and shout hallelujah. I wish I had a few people that was hungry that would say I want more of God. I only have two or three here that want it. I want somebody to say more of God. Say more of God, more of God, more of God, more of God, more of your presence, more of your glory, more of your anointing, more of your power, more, 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 more. Come on, more, more, more. More, 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 more. I want seconds, God. I want seconds. I want seconds. I want seconds. I need somebody who looks now and I'm not desiring what I hear the saints of God. Even in our prayers, we are so hungry that we're asking God just to give us just enough to get by. We want just enough anointing to be saved. We want just enough anointing to make it. Elijah looked at his father Elijah and he saw that Elijah had an anointing on his life. But Elijah, even though he was anointed, even though he was powerful and had raised folk from the dead, a little woman by the name of Jezebel made him want to leave. So when Elijah saw that he had power, but Jezebel messed him up, he said, don't give me the same amount of anointing because I don't want to be running from Jezebel but give me a double portion I want more I don't want just enough to be saved I don't want just enough to make it I don't want just enough to get by I want more hallelujah I pray the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Let me explain to you. And I want you to hear me very well. Amen. Coming to church is just enough. Oh, hallelujah. Coming to Wednesday night is just enough. Can you say, pray the Lord? I wish you say, hallelujah. I'm trying to close, but I'm talking to somebody. Amen. Coming in Sunday school, that's just enough. But I need some double potion saints that said that's not enough for me. Wednesday is not enough. I need some more prayer. I need some 12 o'clock. I need some 6 in the morning. I need some 6 in the evening. I need some when I get home. I need some on my lunch break. I need more, more, more. There has to be a death. The Lord said to Abraham, he said, listen, I want to bless you. This I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna have to cut the foreskin of your flesh. You gotta understand this. Sex in those days was not just something you did, that was everything you did. There was no TV. You wonder why people had, they had all them babies back then, you know. 20, 30 children. Ahab had 70 kids, 70. 
So you wonder why a person had that many children. Wasn't there nothing else to do? Wasn't no TV? Get in the bed, it's dark, they ain't have no lights. Get in the bed, that's all you had to do. You couldn't watch CNN, so just have some babies. God said, Abraham, boy, I bless you. You know what I'm about to do? I'm going to have to circumcise you. I thank God I was circumcised as a baby. Hallelujah. When you get circumcised, that's a problem. Can't hardly walk. Amen. So, oh yeah, that's a problem. I heard brother talk about it. That's a problem. God bless you. But the circumcision was going to cut them off from doing some things. And then it's going to take, and that skin that was cut off got to die. So the circumstances of cutting of a ring of the flesh from the, a very sensitive part of man. To man, that's his pride, that's his joy. So that's a sensitive part. God said, I got I to gotta cut away from your pleasures. Oh, come on, y'all got to talk to me. If you want to get the, now listen, God had promised him that I'm going to bless you with the seed. But I've got to circumcise you before you get the seed. Why? Because the foreskin of the flesh was nasty and it was a curse. So I don't want the blessed seed to pass through under a curse. So I got to cut that, I got to circumcise it. Take the unnecessary, because circumcision is a removing away of unnecessary skin from a male, which is flesh. So before Isaac comes through, the seed, I need to cut off the unnecessary flesh and take it off so the promise won't go through unnecessary flesh. So God said there's some things in your life that I got to cut away before I bless you because I don't want the blessing coming through flesh. Now after God did it, God says to him, God says, Abraham, Go ahead now. You and Sarah can have the child. Same thing with Jacob. The Lord met Jacob. He had promised Jacob from the time he was born, I'm going to bless him. But he never walked in the blessing. He had to have something. He had to die. The Lord met him. And when the Lord met him, the Lord wrestled with him. He said, what's your name? He said, my name is Jacob. He said, your name can't be Jacob no more and get what I got. Your name hasn't changed to Israel. For as a prince... Have thy power with God and with man and has prevailed. Let me tell you what God is saying. You can't get what God wants. You can't really walk in that blessing. There, there, there are so many gifts in this church. There are so many people in this church that are knowing it. There are so, so many people in this church that God wants to deal with and God wants to use and God wants to speak to. There's so many people that God want to take to the next level and take to the next realm. And God said, you're at the door and you feel yourself getting in. Just know you can't go in. You feel the pool trying to get in, but you just know there's something. It's the flesh. Cutting away from the things of the flesh. Cutting away from the realm of the flesh. Let me tell you something. This revival can't be about just coming. This revival can't be about the norm. It can't be about the norm. It's got to be about personal sacrifice. 
And so you've got to give up something that's dear to you. You got, you got to give up something in this revival. You got to give up something. If, if it's television, you give it up for the duration of this revival. Boy, it seems so hard. Give up some lunch breaks. Give up some meals because I, I declare to you, God is no longer doing it just because we ask. God is not doing it just because you hear that spiritual blessing going to come out of sacrifice, out of laying before God, out of crying out before God. Now, you've got to, you've got to determine, is what I want worth me giving up something? Now listen, I never go to the store and buy anything without looking for a bargain. So when I go and get some, I'm not going to go and buy no dish detergent for $20. A little old thing, a dish detergent for $20, that don't sound right, do it? Huh? So you want to make sure that what you're giving up to the person is worth what you're going to get. Giving up TV to get an anointing to heal the sick, is that worth it? Giving up some of your spare time to get a blessing from God, is that worth it? And how many of you with, your, with, with a real mindset say, Lord, I want that anointing? Stand to your feet with me. Stand to your feet with me. God is going to initiate some things in your life tonight. He's going to initiate.